Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Superconscious Success Podcast, where Jen and her Superconscious Success family co-hosts bring you valuable content each and every week on topics relating to manifestation, spirituality, and most of all, using your superconscious to manifest success in all areas of your life. Now on to today's episode. Hey there, Superconscious Success fam. Just before we get into the interview, this is just a brief message. Uh, this is actually a recording of the 2021 Superconscious Success Summit interviews. If you do want to check out the introductory for all of the guests, then you can go across to our Superconscious Success YouTube channel where you'll be able to find all the introductions. These particular podcast interviews will be the interview only. Okay, thank you. Now let's get on to the interview. Hey, Superconscious Success fam, welcome back to another amazing interview. We're actually going to be talking to Louise Ashby here. If you have not yet seen her introductory video, then head across to the YouTube channel, Superconscious Success YouTube channel, and check it out because she goes through her story about um, the accident that she was in, about her facial disfigurement, and how she actually used the power of belief when it came to actually handling the adversity that she had in her life. She used the law of attraction to help her to heal from from that disfigurement and that illness. Um, And she also um, is going to, during this interview, we're going to be talking about why everything that happens to us actually um, can help us to change our perspectives on, on certain things in life, how you can tap into your personal power and your strength to overcome any challenges and adversities put before you. Um, how you can begin to recognize that your body is simply a house for your soul and it's your connection with your soul and and with source that is the most important. So we've got a lot to cover in this interview, Louise. Thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm I'm great. It's an honor to be here, honestly, and to be part of something that I just gel with. Fantastic. I'm so I'm so grateful to to be in touch with you and to have you as part of the family and um, to talk about this this very important topic because you know we we live in a society where where um, looks and um, you know and and how we come across to the world is so important that sometimes we lose our our inner being we lose our connection to ourself and connection to our soul and um, with the adversity that you went through with with the accident that you're in and the 28 operations you had to have to reconstruct your face after facial disfigurement um, I I, I would assume that that would have actually helped you to connect with your higher self on an even deeper level. Yes, no, definitely. And uh, with what you were saying about inner being and everything, one of the things that I've been writing about and really thinking about and meditating about is how we attach to so many different identities. Mm-hmm. Like there was an identity I attached to as a child that I didn't think wasn't normal. That was what I thought every kid was going through. And Mm. then there was the identity that I attached when my mom was really sick. 
you know, I felt like I wasn't enough, that I wasn't helping and I couldn't heal her. And then when she passed, I was the daughter who didn't have a mother anymore. And then moving to Los Angeles as a model and an actress and, you know, walking into places and used to people having a look, like men having a look, to suddenly walking into places and people asking me to leave or calling me a or calling me a freak and um one of the things that well the main thing that really stood out to me was when i i was still the same person Mm. but i was probably i was stronger but even though i didn't look like that on the outside i was still the same person yeah and i was like this is this is not me this is my housing this is me and i think because i felt like that a lot of people felt comfortable around me too. Because mm. if you have somebody that's like, oh my God, oh my God, look at me, look at me, then they start feeling really bad for you and all of these things. And I, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel that. I yeah. felt one of the things that uh, an astrologer said to me, and I believe in all of that stuff. Yes. And I'm, I actually dreamt about the accident before it happened, the night before it happened. I have that kind of thing. And, um, Somebody said, because of the things you didn't deal with in your childhood and you hid on the inside, it's almost like this happened on the outside. So you had to deal with that on the inside. And because what I realized when I looked in the mirror and I saw a monster, I saw what I thought I was growing up. And so that was, you know, I had to really deal with things on a much deeper level. And, um, yeah, I mean. So how did so when you when you realized that what you were actually seeing in the mirror was a reflection of of your your previous hurts and your previous limited beliefs that we have as we, as we grow up, how did you begin to start to to deal with that and to start to recognize that your inner being is actually one of 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 beauty and and one of that only wants the best for you? How did you begin to work on that? what i don't know what it was but suddenly i was installed with this strength i don't know where it came from Mm. i don't i felt it the day my mom died too but it was i don't know if i went to the other side yeah you know what in those five days that i was in a coma and that i that i've dreamt about it that i've said something you know that my mom said it's not your time honey you got to go down you know Mm. this you've got a bigger purpose and all the doctors kept saying that to me and uh, telling me I was amazing and I was strong. And because uh, they would say, on a scale from one to 10, what is your headache? And I'd say, it's a two. Mm. And they'd be like, what? It's a two? Um, but, you know, I just, I, it's, uh, I think that I knew there was something bigger. Yeah. You know? just felt it. I knew there was something bigger and I knew that I, ha- I I wanted to deal with this and I just didn't think it wasn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. I didn't I just, I, in my mind, I was like, well, of course it's going to work out. Like yeah. one of the doctors said, Louise, you have to accept that you don't look the same and you're not going to. And I went, what are you talking about? Yes, I am. Yeah. And I went on a hunt for the right doctor, you know, um, and I saw five different reconstructive surgeons who all said oh my goodness this is the worst I've seen you know there's nothing we can do because the left side was completely crushed and 
I had the left front lobe of my brain gone, which yeah. is meant to be inhibitions, judgment, um, memory. And so I don't know if that helped as well, because I just, you know, I just knew that I'd had this dream of being an actress since I was four. That's why I was here. My mom had died when she was 45. Life's too short and I'm not going to die without having achieved something. Yeah. And so I would do things like, I would sit in front of the mirror and I would hold a magazine to my left side and I would look at my right side, which is my good side. And I would go, okay, I love you. You are perfect. Thank you for everything that you're giving me. And um, then I would move the magazine to the right side and I'd have to hold it here a bit because I'm blind there. Yeah. But I would do the same and I would visualize this side as being whole as it was. So even though people were saying when you're normal and I was trying to look, the only reason I was trying to look the other way was because I was an, an actress. So it was like this profession was fueling me. And then what happened later on was bigger and better than acting I suddenly was like oh my goodness this is so much more rewarding than being in front of the camera and pretending to be something else yeah because now I actually like who I am and I'm enjoying just being me and using it to help other people see that we we can do this you know you have it in you and when people would say to me I don't know how you do it you know I wouldn't have the strength and I said you don't know that you just don't know that I was also surrounded by so much love. Yeah. And I don't think I would have been able to get through it the way I did without that love. I mean, seriously. And and the doctors to this day use me as an example in their lectures and, and stuff because they were like, if it wasn't for your attitude, you wouldn't look like that. I mean, we can do so much. Mm. We can heal themselves from cancer. They, you know... I know this other woman who's um, well-known and I'd interviewed her and she had both her legs amputated and she's a snowboarder. Yeah. And she just, she gets on with it. Yeah. And I look at those people, I'm like, you see, you can do it. You just have to tap in. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting because on the summit, um, the, the day that you're on, I have six speakers there that are absolutely incredible. They've all been through their own, own adversities. Um, you know, one of them was paralysed um, after playing a, a football match. And, um, and he's managed to turn that around. He's in a wheelchair, but he's managed to turn it around so that he now goes and speaks to people about, you know, your past doesn't define your future. And... Exactly. And so, you know, and then, and then I've, I've got people that have, have been through, um, you know, sexual molestation when they were younger and they've actually turned that around to now help people that are going through those issues to be able to move past the, um, the hurt and, and forgive for, for things that have happened. Um, so it's, what, what role, what role do you think that, um, uh, and I'm just going to chuck this at you for a sec, but what role do you think that forgiveness plays um, when you go through an adversity such as this? Because sometimes what I have heard is that there's this unforgiveness towards yourself that, um, that often happens. What role do you think forgiveness plays in terms of the healing associated with, um, with trauma? Forgiveness isn't 
for the other person it's for you yeah really um because it's about realizing that everyone is doing the best they can with what they know yeah and so you know the stuff that went on in my childhood uh, the rage I, I lived my stepfather was a rageaholic okay. um, it wasn't about me no that was his stuff he saw a light and something and somebody a little girl who was sensitive that he used as a punching bag as mm. well as and it took me a long time to go you know what that's not about me yeah and it gave me a great life my education going on three vacations a year living in a beautiful house um all of these outside things so people wouldn't know i mean that's really interesting that this happened to my face so people wouldn't know what was going on the inside mm -hmm. of me but it's the same with my growing up you know because outside everything looked fine from looking into this nice home and blah blah, blah. but inside there was a lot of pain yeah and fear um and then the the man who hit me was 78 years old and he was a retired physician and he had night blindness this oh. man didn't do this on his, on purpose no. and i was devastated for him i immediately when somebody told me what had happened i just kept thinking oh my god this man must be going through so much pain yeah. thinking that he's killed this woman or at least killed her life as it was you know in one split second my life completely changed that's all it takes and um we left the hospital they left the hospital we happened to drive we would where we were going to stay we had to drive past his house mm. and dad was going you got to stop the car you got to stop the car to his friend his friend was like no and i was going no dad no dad and my head was like the size <laughs> of a watermelon and you know it was and uh, I said, please don't, please don't. And they stopped the car and he started getting up and storming up the driveway. And um, my ankle had been hurt in the accident and I just hobbled after him. It, that was more painful than anything else. And holding on to him and saying, dad, you've got to get in the car. Yeah. Did not yeah. Because he, was, he felt like he was protecting you from it. Um, and he was so and, angry. Yeah. He wanted to fix it and he couldn't fix it. And the other thing is, you're not going to believe this, but um, he was in the car with my grandmother when he was 30 and they were hit by a drunk driver. Okay. And she went through the screen and her face was ripped off and her arm came off. And he had to find her arm in the road to see if they could reattach it. And she was very bitter, self-conscious, all of those things. Um, and so he grew up with that. So I think he was so angry. He felt like we were- cursed. It had happened again. Right. Um, but mm. instead what happened was the first time I went back to England with the eye patch and the wigs and all of that, I said to him, I want to go and see grandma. And so we drove down to see her and I asked her if she would come into the back room with me and I wanted to talk to her and she was like, okay. And then as soon as we were in the back room, she completely changed. She got really um, in touch with how she was feeling and felt. And I said to her, you know what, Grandma? If this was the reason this happened, so I could make you feel more yeah. comfortable yeah. about who you are and love yourself, then it was worth it. Mm. And I took off my eye patch and I took off my wig and I said, look, I said, this is me. 
on the outside, but this is me on the inside. And she asked if she could feel my head and I let her feel my head. And it was very, um, yeah. it, it was humbling. And it was also uh, very revealing. Like I felt very, um, you know, uh, out there. Like it was scary, not scary, but it was uncomfortable. But at the same time, I felt there was this purpose. And so she felt and she talk, told me about her stuff. And, and I felt like, oh my God, we've really broken through something here. And then I put everything back together we walked out the room into the living room where some family were and my dad was. And she looked at me and she goes, I thought you said it was a bad accident. Oh, oh no. That, yeah. She didn't want anyone to see, to see, to see the vulnerability and how raw she was. Instead, she just wanted to be bitter and drank her way through it. And she that was her choice. That was the choice of, as to how she decided to deal with things. And, it's interesting that, that she actually, when you were by yourself, she was very open to, to telling you how she was feeling. But in front of your, your father and, um, and at the time? What's that? Was it your, your pop was there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and my aunt. Yeah. Uh, okay, so didn't want anybody else to see it, but maybe she felt because you had been through a similar thing that she could open up and be vulnerable. Um, but that's really, that's Maybe really interesting. So special. Maybe she didn't feel so unique. Yeah. would feel sorry for her because I wasn't allowing that at all. I said, I don't, I don't allow, allow people to feel sorry for me because I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. And yeah. this is my, these are my survival scars. These are my strength scars, my stories scars just stories and he was saying about defining circumstances my i i don't let the circumstances define my life yeah. i want to find the circumstances and put them you know into my life that's it i'm not going to let them define me exactly and and you change your perspectives as to as to what's happening because we create the life that that we live and you can make a choice as to whether you sit down and die <clears throat> It's like one of my good friends, he, um, he was actually in a, um, his spine actually exploded. So his disc actually exploded and he was paralyzed from the neck down. And for a full year, he was paralyzed. And um, anyway, he, he says, if I could have killed myself, I would have that during that time. He says, but I couldn't move my arms. So thank goodness from um, Source was looking after him at that time. And he said... And one day he says, I was depressed. I was miserable. I hated the world. Everything was against me. Um, he said, and one day I just woke up and I just said, you know what? This is my choice and this is my life. And I can either choose to just, you know, wither away and be miserable, or I can decide that I'm going to make a change and I'm going to get through this. And, and so he changed his whole way of looking at things and he changed his whole perspectives on it. And um, he got, full function back in his in his spine he got full function back in his legs um, just because he changed um, his connection his connection with soul his connection with his source um, and he believed that there was no other option it was like this is it. it and so and so you believe, yeah you believe like there's nothing else it's just your it, it's like universe just bring it I'm ready yeah exactly and, and that's what he said he said I had there were two choices and I decided that 
there was no other option but for me to be fine. Um, I was not going to put my family through it. I was not going to put my friends through it. And, um, and so he connected with Source and now he's like, you know, a black belt in martial arts. He's, um, he does his running. He's got full function. Uh, he's got incredible podcasts and everything on the net. And, you know, it just proves that personal power. And also it's important to know that if something happened a year ago or two years ago, it's never too late no. to change that. Like, don't think, oh, well, I didn't think about that earlier, so it's too late. Because it's not. It's really not. And um, and the, the yeah. more days that you keep sitting in that particular place of, um, I feel sorry for myself, I'm in the victim mentality, why did this have to happen to me? Um, the less time you've got to be living the incredible life that you have the ability to live. You, you look at these incredible stories on, on the summit and, and including yours, Louise, and the the strength and the power that you've had to be able to get through it. You're a survivor. Like you said, you're not a victim. You're a survivor of the, the traumatic accident that happened to you. And I love the, the way you, you perceived the situation and the way you um, have so much empathy for the person that actually, that actually ran into you because many so, would be angry. So um, I was it at my deposition talking about forgiveness and I was walking out to go to the bathroom and he was walking in mm. and I held the door open for him and he looked at me and his eyes welled up with tears and I looked at him and I said you didn't do it on purpose it's okay exactly and, and, and that... like what are you doing and I, said, <laughs> I can't let him feel like this no. And, you know, it's, it's a different situation if someone had deliberately, you know, right. drunk drivers, that's, that's a different situation. But even still, even at those points, um, we're all human and we make mistakes. And the problem with holding on to anger um, and not forgiving for it is that all it does is eat away at us. And, and you get... Yeah. Go on. I said, and you get sick. Yeah. And you separate anger. yourself from source. That, because source, source is all about love. That's all it is. And if, if we're going to hold on to anger, then you separate yourself and you, you can't live the best life that you do. And then, and then, like you said, then you start, you wake up one morning and all of a sudden you're sick because you've had so much built up anger inside. Right. And I think that with every experience that we go through, the, the lessons are surrender, acceptance. Yeah. The quicker you surrender to it and accept it, then you're like, okay, that's gone. Yeah. Like my husband is really sick. Um, he's been in hospital twice in the ICU for 10 days the first time and seven days the second time. And he's found out he's got adrenal insufficiency. Mm -hmm. And he's now on a, a lot of medications and he has to go to the doctors every month to have blood tests. And he's put himself into that I'm sick mentality. Uh, which is really hard for me to see yeah. because saying things like, oh my God, I've got to take all these medications. And I looked at him and I went, oh, wow, I'm alive. All I have to do is take medication. <laughs> That's right. It's, you know, it's, it's changing, like, changing how you perceive it. That's it. Yeah. Mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Your story is absolutely beautiful, Louise. And, and I just know that it is going to inspire so many people to find that personal power within them. 
Because as you said, we all, every single one of us has that within us. And yeah. we just have to tap, tap inside and go, you know what? We are, we are special. We are worth it. We are, you know, we deserve to have the best life. And no matter what is thrown at us, we'll find a way to, to dig ourselves out and, and live the best life that we possibly can. I think it's important to know as well that those feelings are going to come up where you yeah. feel, oh, this is, you know, this is tough. And you can't deny those. No. You know, because otherwise you get sick again. Yeah. And so what, yeah. I, what I did was I said to myself, okay, you get 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day to feel that. Yeah. And then you have to, and then you're going back into the positive. And it's almost like when you say to a child, to a kid, you can have one lollipop a day then they know they've got that one lollipop a day so they discipline so they're disciplined yeah so you're basically disciplining your mind to say 10 minutes a day and then it's done yeah so when your mind is going to the it's like oh i've had my 10 minutes yeah and that's and that's fantastic because you know i even i even say to my kids um it's really important that we feel our feelings and we're going to go through situations in life where, where we're having to deal with grief or we're having to deal with sadness or trauma or, um, you know, we're allowed to feel sorry for ourselves sometimes because it's, you know, life's not always easy. But like, I love what Louise says, 10 minutes, you've got your 10 minutes to sit there and wallow and to think about what's, what's been happening. And then it's time to go, okay, so what, what am I going to do to make those changes um, in my thinking, in my mentality, in my mindset for the rest right. of the day. So my best friend um, found out she had breast cancer last year. And so she had a partial double mastectomy and she's got two very young kids. Mm -hmm. And the partial double mastectomy, the test went off and they said it had spread. So she had to have a full double mastectomy. And she has been so strong. And I've been very supportive, obviously, you know, when she said, I don't know what to do. They want to do a double mastectomy or I can go for this and that. And I said, just take them off. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Just take them off. You've got two young kids. It's more important that you're going to live. Yeah. And she chose that option anyway. And I spoke, and now she's basically done. She's had the implant. She's done. This was a few weeks ago that she was done. And I spoke to her about it on the phone last week. And she said, you know what? I really thought when it was done that I'd be feeling this high and this like, yeah, it's done. I can live my life. And she said, and I'm not, she uh, said, I'm feeling really depressed. And I said, because you were in survival mode, yeah, you had to yeah. keep going, keep going, keep going. And now it's really important that you feel those feelings yes. and you know, go through that because of course you're going to feel those feelings. You can't stuff them away. It was a big deal. You yeah. were faced with, you know, dying and leaving your kids and, you can recognize that and be loving to yourself and, and go through that and reach out. And, and, uh, you know, I went through it. Yeah. After the accident. You know, when everything was fixed, I was, I thought, Oh, hang on a second. I thought I was the, dis the disfigured person. I had got used to that identity and now I'm a different person. Yeah. A different. Identity. It's just a constant in our lives, constant change, isn't it? Yeah. So I think that, I think that that is something that's really important is for people to understand that it's, it's important that you do feel those feelings and allow yourself to and and go easy on yourself and recognize that you've been through a big a big trauma a big challenge and but you will be okay and right. you know you will you will 
get that strength and that personal power that Louise has managed to find. And it can take time. So just, just go easy with yourself and, and recognise that, that, you know, things will, things will be fine in the end. I mean, divorce is a trauma, all those oh, things. It's, yeah, there's, there's so many different... Great, they're all challenges. And you'll get yep. through the right support and love. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Louise, for being here today and talking through your story and talking about personal power and personal strength. And you are um, actually in the process of developing a website and I'm going to plug that website. So, but she'll be, she'll be done in the next, um, actually, it'll be done because by the time yes, it's yes. recorded, it's done. So can you tell our listeners what your, um, what your website address is? Yes, um, I've decided to make my company more about, not more about, it's always been about the people that I can help, but now it's named after that. It's My Mindset Guru. So oh. it's to help people come to the right mindset. It's all the tools for shifting your mindset, realizing that your guru is your intuition and you can get in touch with that through this, um, doing coaching, doing mastermind groups, a lot of fun stuff. I'm excited. Excellent. Well, good luck with that, Louise. And um, thank you. And um, we'll keep in touch. So you just look after yourself, okay? You too. Thank you, Jen. Bye.